Welcome back to another episode of the No Fs Podcast, second one of the week. Tonight we're going to be breaking down the upcoming week in the NFL. I think uh, I think Jack's going to kick us off. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, so I am super excited for this Thursday night game. Um, I feel like a lot of times the Thursday night games are kind of duds, but this one should theoretically be really good, um, even though Rodgers is missing a lot of his receivers. Um, Lazard and Devontae Adams both uh, are on the COVID list, I believe. Um, I think we know Lazard isn't playing. I don't know if we know if Adams isn't playing, but I think probably now it's very unlikely as of this taping. Um, But, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers. He always finds a way in prime time, especially. Um, And then it's the only undefeated team left in football at at home. Uh, So, I mean, I'm psyched for it. Um, I think it'll be really fun. Um, I just want to say one thing about this, okay? Look, it's still Thursday night football. I know since Fox took it over, we get all these good matchups, and it's not the Jaguars versus the Texans for what seems like the 10th time that season. But, like, it's still Thursday. I still expect it to be, like, one of those shitty 17-14 to games where it's just, like, an absolute cluster from start to finish. I agree that that's still usually how it is, but, like... I mean, if this if this were the like a one o'clock game, I would be watching it. You know what I mean? Like on a Sunday. Like it, oh, I think it's awesome. Time. I think it's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but like you're still coming off a short week, and like there's just not a lot of time for install. There's not a lot of time for coaches to make adjustments. Um, I do think the one thing the Cardinals have going for them is their defense is quite, in my opinion, a bit better than the Packers one. Um, and I mean, offensive line is a bit big loss for them, though, is that J.J. Watt's not going to play tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, like, just came out. Too. Yeah, that, that was that was really recent. But, I mean, I feel like I feel like having your star defensive end is... Uh, dude, Chandler Jones is better than him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I love J.J. Watt. Don't get me wrong. I am a J.J. Watt guy through and through. But... He's a nice veteran piece that they added, but he he only has one sack on the season. Oh, that's so tough. like yeah. I think it's uh, more of the idea of JJ Watt. I agree. Like being there. Yeah. That being said, I, w- I will say this about JJ Watt, which has been awesome for this defense, is that putting him on the other side from Chandler Jones, he demands a double team almost all the time, and so that means that Chandler Jones is like this year gotten the ability to line up a little bit more outside and like that seven or nine technique and really rush the passer. So I I will say this, a lot of Chandler Jones good things this season have been a direct impact because of JJ Watt. However, like it's still Thursday night football. Like I think we're all forgetting this is like no matter the matchup throughout the last couple weeks, like week seven, it was Broncos Browns. Again, just a crapshoot. Everyone was injured. Week six, it was Bucks Eagles. The Bucks had one of their worst games of the season, and it's still the Eagles. Week five, it was Rams Seahawks, and nothing in that game really like, you know, went off as it should have. So, so I think this. Look, I love Thursday night football. I think it's one of the best things that the NFL has added because it does like kind of kick off my weekend. However, like it's still going to be hand the ball off, throw it to the tight end, play it like more old school than some of the new stuff because your guys are, especially, you know, prima donna wide receivers, they always get hurt. Like, I think DeAndre Hopkins is also questionable. 
Um, God, it's just so. Oh, he's going to play. Oh, he's definitely going to play. It's just wide receivers in general annoy me. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree. That... I, I don't know. If, I think Hopkins is one of those receivers in the game that just does everything right, though. So, like, he might be a little different. But I, oh, I, I he's, kinda, he's I my favorite. He's he is my favorite receiver. Um, I I don't actually think he's a prima donna. Like, the fact that he was traded away from the Texans partly because Bill O'Brien didn't like that his baby mama was walking around is one of the dumbest things I've ever read. Um, He's one of the best players to ever be a Texan. Like, so is J.J. Watt, right? Like, I mean, it's it's just insane that they just let players... I'm trying to think. Uh, He also... Andre Andre Johnson's yeah, Andre Andre Johnson, who uh, was also very famous for beating the crap out of Cortland Finnegan. <laughs> yeah, tough. Um, very tough. Arian, Arian Foster. Um, but yeah, I think that um, watching Hopkins last thing I'll say like about him, I, I he makes plays that no one else. Makes. I mean, sometimes it'll be like, oh, like everybody's going to be down at the one yard line on this play, and he'll get in. Like he'll yeah. he'll punch it in somehow. Um, the other thing about this game is, I feel like this is one of those games where if the Cardinals win by a lot, that's them showing yeah, us that they're game. legit. You know, like the like the Bengals over the Ravens last weekend. Um, so, like, we'll see. I think it's gonna be good. I like um, the one thing I do like about Hop. And, and I feel like he's very disrespected a lot of the time is that, like, we don't mention him in this, is that the whole point of being a wide receiver is to, in fact, catch the ball, and he does that better than anybody else, whether it's in traffic, whether it's in the middle of the field, up the sideline. He is the best catcher of the football in the game, and he also blocks very, very well. It's so, like everything. It's like it's – I mean, he's one of the more fun guys to watch because, like, you watch it and you're like, oh. That's like you would show this. You would show this film to people learning how to play the game. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just it, and it's all the small things too. Like he lines up correctly. He doesn't like he never hurts his team. And so you know, Bill O'Brien, the GM, strikes again. But my God, <laughs> my goodness. Okay, let's kick it off to Sunday. Um, Panthers Falcons. I do have an interesting stat about the Panthers, and I know, I know. I've been on the Darnold train. Look, I'm not hopping off just yet, okay? I, I agree. It's not what you want. But I will say this. He's hit, been sacked the second most times in the NFL. And as of right now, he has – he is top five in most passing attempts. Like, I understand the slander, and I get it. Don't get me wrong. But that offensive line has such an inability to pass block and run block that I'm not sure there's going to be a lot of success anyway unless you're just dumping it to Christian McCaffrey, which is what they did the first three games. They were 3-0. So, but, Will, what do you think? Uh, I would just like to preemptively apologize to anybody who has this game on cable. (laughs) I I don't really know what else to add. I mean, our offense is a nightmare to watch. Our defense looks pretty good. Until the third, fourth quarters when they're on the field for 80% of the game because we can't pick up a first down. But we should have Shaq coming back. Hopeful that Gilmore starts this weekend. So I'm kind of hopeful, but 
offense just leaves so much desire. I mean... Dude, that, that Moten contract is one of the worst in the NFL at the moment. He hasn't allowed a sack all year. You're talking about Sam Darnold being the second most sacked. None of them have been on Timo. Yeah, but that's that's the side that he looks at. I mean, sure, but there are other glaring issues on the offensive line. I agree, but the, the sixth highest paid tackle in the NFL. You're telling me, like... There are so and he's a right tackle. All I have to say <laughs> is I'm glad he is on our current team because if we had let him walk, it would be even worse. That's fair. I just don't like him. There there's nothing about that offensive line I like. But I don't I don't I literally think there is not a single player that I would be able to keep if you said like how would you like if if you asked me what I would do if I was the Carolina Panthers GM. I would strictly draft Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin, and like Alabama and Georgia for the next year, and only pick guys in the trench. Like I, there's there's just nothing good on. And you and like even then, you saw what Quentin Nelson did to the Colts. Like one good offensive lineman can completely revolutionize how the whole unit plays. And there just isn't one right now on my team. Like, it's bad. No, and then our wide receivers also don't have much hope for them at the moment. I mean, I think we're up to, like, 14 dropped passes in the past two games. Rob B. Anderson doesn't understand how to actually hold on to a ball. Gets hit in the chest, <laughs> like face, more though. hands. What did you say? I, saw, I like DJ more, though, but I completely agree on Robbie Anderson. I mean, DJ's goodness. good. He's getting a fair amount of targets, but he's also run into drop issues the past two weeks. He's dropped a couple, I think three or four now, that should be easy grabs. If the Panthers hadn't dropped all those balls against the Vikings, they would have won. 100%. Um, Robbie Anderson on third down might as well have just punted. (laughs) Three times we went to Robbie on third down. Uh, Dude, it is one of those weird things where – I've loved how y'all have drafted. I've hated, I've hated the extensions. the The Robbie extension made no sense to then go and draft a wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like that, it just doesn't. Nothing lines up there. Yeah. Um, how much, really they, how much are they paying him, Robbie? Yeah, I think it was. That's like a lot. Right? Years like twenty two mil. Wow. Yeah, man. that sounds right. It's nothing. It's like, no, it's two years twenty nine. 29, Jesus. With an 11-5 signing bonus. 21 Woof. guaranteed. Mm. That's what, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, Ex- extending him before like, DJ is being drawn into a lot of fire recently. That, like yeah. like 200K a target, one, 1.5 mil a catch. Something yeah. like that. Dude, 3 mil a yard. No, I, I, I know, I'm kidding. But, um, he's got the yips. I think that's the best way to say it. He, he just has the yips. Yeah. Like, like, they're not bad. Uh, look, I'm not saying this, but I firmly believe that in the NFL, if the ball hits you in the hands, it, it, and, like, reasonably hits you in the hands, like you're standing up but it hits you in the hands, you should catch the ball. As long as it's not, like, 30 feet behind you and you're making some Odell-esque grab, like, behind your head. But there's no reason 
that as an NFL wide receiver, when your whole job, like we were talking about DeAndre Hopkins, is to catch the ball, that you simply cannot catch the ball. It, it, like, wide receivers just get caught up in all this stuff where they're like, oh, I need to do this, like, run after the catch. Like, bro, you got to catch the ball. Catch the ball first. Like, Steve Smith, I agree. That. there's nothing about Steve Smith, like, on the Panthers still, but there's nothing about Steve Smith that you'd write home about and you're like, oh, this dude, he's the fastest. He jumps the highest. Like, he's the greatest. No, but all Steve Smith did for, like, 15 years or however long he was in the NFL was just catch the football. And it made him an integral part in multiple very, very good teams. He was awesome. Um, I don't know how much is like there's to be said on the on the Falcon side, uh, other than I think, you know, Kyle Pitts is finally um like welcome to the league, Kyle Pitts kind of thing in the last couple of weeks. He's been really good. Uh just really fun to watch too, because just with the fact that like the label tight end, um, and watching him line up wide like most of the time. Um just a fun guy to watch. You gotta like him and Cordero Patterson in a fantasy sense are both wide receiver, probably like wide receiver twos on most teams, but they they get to line up in other positions, which just make them incredibly valuable. Uh, I completely agree. I also have one. Um, Arthur Smith doing what he's doing down there. Now, they're not going to win a lot of games. Their schedule gets very difficult from here on out. Like, they're going to go – they play the Panthers, and then they go to the Saints, to the Cowboys, Patriots, then they get the Jags, but then it's Buck, Panthers, 49ers, Lions, Bill Saints. Like, there's not a lot of wins in there. So, um, it'll be tough for them, but – the the defensive roster is especially a dumpster fire. So, I, from what for them to be even at this point, good job. <laughs> yeah, and Matt Ryan looks good. I mean, credit where it's due. Um, like I know he's not anybody's like favorite quarterback or anything like that. I guess on on this pod, but uh, I mean, you know, he's he's putting up the numbers. He's he's played well for the most part. Um, he won on the game last weekend. So, um, yeah. Do we want to? Uh, where are we going next? Uh, let's just touch the Dolphins' bills. Um, not much to say. It's going to be a fucking slaughter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if game on. one, if if game one was anything to go by, this is going to be worse. Uh, because fact, we lost. The fact that the Bills are only two touchdown favorites is surprising. Because this time they're at home in the yeah, cold. Yeah, in the cold. And, we... and coming off a of bye too. <laughs> Yeah, they had last week off. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's bad. Like, I think the Dolphins have gotten progressively worse since the Pats week one. Um, we lost thirty five to zero versus the Bills. Yes, Tua got knocked out in that game, but I mean, we just have. The, I mean, there's not much to say that that we haven't said in previous podcasts. Like, there's just so much wrong with the Dolphins right now. Like. Byron Jones is the sixth highest paid or seventh highest paid corner in the league and is like ranked 73rd among corners. Like he hasn't been productive this year. Like Xavier Howard has two interceptions. Like that's fine. But last year he led the league. Like he hasn't been performing this year. They've both been hurt. Like Will Fuller's a China doll. Preston Williams, a China doll. Like none of our receivers really want to play football except for Jalen Waddle. And that's because he's a rookie. 
right? Like, so the biggest issue with your team is that every running back that goes against you looks like Walter Payton. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I our, mean, our defensive boom. line is garbage. Like, <laughs> like our I mean, running backs aren't good either. Like, we don't have a good running back squad either. Like, I mean, it's just... Bro, the average points against the Dolphins, 30. 30, yeah. <laughs> it's not good. I mean, for a team that, you know, last year I really thought we had, you know, turned a corner. Like, defense looked pretty good last year. Like, this year is just, like, a complete regression. Um, I mean. Yeah, y'all are ranked dead last in team defense. Yeah, I mean, I still, to this date, don't think we've scored a single point in the third quarter of any of our games, Um, which the third quarter being the most offensively productive quarter in the NFL usually, like, that's that's a really tough stat for us. I mean, there's just, there's so much wrong at this point, and I think it's, like, obviously it's very easy to, to blame Greer and Flores, but I think, like... I think there's there's just a lot wrong with our franchise as a whole, like starting from the starting from Stephen Ross, like starting from the top down. Um, I mean, it's just it, it just hurts. Like I love the Dolphins, but like it it hurts me to watch Dolphins football. Like Jack, I'm sure like you have to feel the same. Like watching Washington, like for oh, be bad 100%. for so many years. <laughs> But, like, I think what was worse, like, what's been worse for me is that, like, last year kind of gave me, like, a glimmer of hope, right? Like, we almost made it to the playoffs. Like, (laughs) damn, like, we're really, we're, I thought coming into this year, you know, we might have been, like, 10 and 7 if we were, you know, maybe 11 and 6 if we were were playing hard. But, I mean, I think we're lucky, I think we're lucky to win, I think we're lucky to win three or four more games this year. Which is just tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's ugly. Yeah, <laughs> there's no other way to put it. The Bills are also really good, obviously. Um, the I Bills don't know are gross. How much there's to say about the Bills right now because I'm sure we'll talk about them a ton down the stretch and uh, and into you know December, late December, January. Um, feels like they're still going to be kicking pretty late. Um, I mean, while we're on know, the Bills, though, I mean, I feel like the question has to be asked. Like, if Bills, Cardinals play right now, who are you taking? Cardinals. The Bills. Lot. Cardinals, dude. Really? But, dude, look, I'll give it to the Bills. They've got a great team. They don't have a running back. They don't have a running back. Josh Allen is That's the best fair, but back. the Cardinals' running game isn't anything to write home about, though. No, like, it's not. But I James Conner and Chase Edmonds are the two best running backs in that matchup. First of all, I don't think it's going to be think I think the Rams annihilate the Bills. I don't think it's very close. I think the AFC okay. is ridiculously okay. weak. And and on top I, of that, I agree. I agree. Like, there's just not like if if I walked you through this, and and I love and I do like the Bills, but let's walk through. They took an L to the Steelers early, which I, you know I don't really want to talk too much about. But then they've played the Dolphins, the Washington Football Team, the Texans, the Chiefs. And then they lost to the Titans. Like, they, and their victory against the Chiefs was not some sure thing. I know the score says 38-20, to 20, but that game was very, very winnable for a long time for the Chiefs. So, like, 
I think we're really overreacting to a team that has played, who lost to the Steelers, and then played a one and five or one and six Dolphins team. Has Washington won two games? What are they two and five? Yeah, bro, we've won two games. Come on. <laughs> the Texans have one win against the Jags. The Chiefs' defense is awful, and then the Titans and Derrick Henry ran all over this defense. So, like, I, 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 I that's true. That's true. I'm on the train of the Bills are good, but I think we're really overreacting to the raw number of like, oh, they're four and two. But no, it has nothing to do with like, their record for me. It really doesn't. And they're, and they're gonna get look. They're gonna pound. They're gonna pound the Dolphins again. They're gonna pound the Patriots twice, and they're gonna slaughter the Jets. But I just don't. I don't see it from the standpoint of Josh Allen is. He's a limiting factor in their offense, and what I mean by that is that he is not the guy late in games that if you told me if you if you said joey you've got to have a quarterback to play for your life like realistically two minute drive 80 yards game your life are you taking josh allen over patrick Mahomes? absolutely not you're taking him over tom brady absolutely not Heck, I mean, Derek Carr has outplayed Josh Allen to this point in the season. I mean, yeah, so you can I, make a Stafford. You can make a Stafford play there too. Yeah, like, there's... I think I, I'm a bigger believer in that defense. I think than than you maybe. I I also I mean, listen, it's also really early in the season, obviously, and I and I know that their schedule is nothing very challenging, but I don't know. I I I do still think that. And the Bills, to me, feel like a team where if they get rolling late and they get hot, like, week 15, and they play well week 15 through week, I guess, 18 this year, uh, I don't know. It feels like they're like a wrecking ball. And no, and Here's my thing about the Bills. They're one of the true teams in the NFL with home field advantage. They play outside in the fucking blizzards. And if they're good enough to win the AFC East, which they should be, they'll have some sort of home field advantage. Like, that to me is the story about the Bills. Because then they get a team like, uh, you know, the Titans, and they get to go play in Buffalo late in the season. Of course, the Bills are then, like, it's a different conversation we're having. But in reality, this is a, it's just a defense that it doesn't tick any of the boxes for me. It's a lot of that soft shell cover three stuff, which I hate. I, I don't like it. It's it, it's proven to be effective against guys like Patrick Mahomes, but against a guy like Tom Brady where he'll just take the dump route, you're screwed. Yeah, that's fair. Their, their running back situation drives me up a wall, and I hate their tight end. Like, it's Stephon Diggs and then Cole Beasley. So, like, like think about if the Panthers' defense played this. Obviously, the Panthers' offense isn't going to beat them, but the Panthers' defense with Stephon Gilmore on Stephon Diggs which we know has been effective in the past when he was in the Pats. Uh, like now we're looking at it and we're like, oh, like maybe this is, maybe it's a game. Like it's a it's a low scoring defensive game. I just don't. I, and I know I'm gonna catch a bunch of hate for that take, but I do not like the Bills. No, no, no. I, I think it's a. I mean, listen. I think it's important to have. Like, I think it's awesome that you have a take. Like, I think there are a lot of people that are like me that are on the Bills bandwagon. Um, I, I hate I the Bills. I think. You yeah, we get it, George. You like the you like the Dolphins. We get it. I have to hate the Bills. Okay, so we've been dancing around the Titans a little bit. You want to talk about Titans Colts? Because I think that's going to be a lot better of a game than maybe people are thinking. Because I think the Colts, at the very least, have a very good running game. 
Um, oh, dude, I'll say it. I I was on the Colts bandwagon big time before the season. I'm still on it. I, there's no, not same. a lot of reason I, to I still just, be on it. I'm not a big Wentz guy, but other than that, I think I, I really like the Colts roster. Um, I think that he is playing as well as he's able to. Um, yeah, so the Sunday night was tough, but yes, I agree. And, but you're right. Like the weather, the weather was awful. I get that, but I mean, gosh, he made a couple of decisions that the one weird fumble thing was awful. The, yeah, I mean, you can't, and that's and that is the big problem with Carson Wentz is that he's one in that situation where he's going to get hit. So he might get hurt. And two, he's still trying to get rid of the ball instead of either taking the sack or throwing it away, which those two things, man, come anytime late in the season or in the playoffs. Those do not bode well for a team. Dude, that loses you playoff games. In effect, playoff game. Um, my thing about Wentz is, one, that should have been scored in interception. I know they scored it a fumble in, like, the official yeah. NFL scorebook. It was a pick. Like, <laughs> the eye test tells me that he was trying to, like, do one of those weird Patrick Mahomes shovel passes. Um, right. But the thing about that game for me is that Wentz actually outdueled Caracolo. Like, I don't I don't think it was very close. Like, he, he was the guy putting the ball up, whether it's a guy like Mullally Cox or, like – and he's not exactly working with a lot in terms of wide receivers. Now, he does have Jonathan Taylor, and Jonathan Taylor is in one of the most complete backs in the NFL. Like He's really good and just so fast. He's obviously not Christian McCaffrey. Like, that I'm not saying. But, like, he can throw, he can catch, he can run between the tackles, outside the tackles. How, he can pass block. Um, and, you know, Wentz only has one interception on the year. Like, I, like that to me is one of those things where – I don't think people really like acknowledging that fact, but like he's he hasn't played super poorly. It's mostly just a cohesive offensive issue, which I think was to be expected when you bring in a new quarterback. But I really think the Colts beat the Titans. Like I I know that they're at home, and Darius Leonard has been a Derrick Henry destroyer for two years now. Like he is the one linebacker that I think I tweeted out the other day. He's just always on the ball. Like, I, I don't know how it, him and Quentin Nelson, whenever they're on the field, end up picking up the guy who they either just tackled or who was just tackled. Like, if there's a guy on the ground, those two guys are picking them up. So, I mean, there's yeah, a man, lot I mean, to like about the Colts. Completely agree with you. I do think it's interesting that the uh, – or I think that it's important to recognize, though, that the Titans have been quite good in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um. And they even, just don't play like, a sexy last type week, of football. Completely agree, but even last week when Derrick Henry, I think, didn't even rush for 100 yards, like they still got it done very convincingly. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Now, the one thing, and I will say this, this is not – like I understand what I'm saying. Derrick Henry is obviously one of the best power backs to ever be in the NFL. I think we can all agree that, especially early in games, when he gets hit in the hole, he just falls forward. It's one of those things that irks me a little bit. Like, when you watch people like Walter Payton or, uh, you know, Barry Sanders springs to mind, Eric Dickerson springs to mind, but, like, those guys that just fight for every yard. And Henry, if he gets hit in the hole early. Yeah, beast mode is a – yeah, how did I miss him? But, like – those guys fought for every yard, and Derrick Henry does annoy me a tad when, in the first part of the game, if he gets hit in the hole, he'll just kind of fall over. 
which normally isn't a bad thing. And I, I want to hand a lot of praise here to Mike Vrabel because Mike Vrabel knows exactly how this team is constructed, and he is not the type of guy that's going to go and ask Ryan Tannehill to throw them back into games. Like, they've been down, and he's Mr. Consistent. He's going to stick it with the running back, and they're going to keep going. Like, the Seahawks game springs to mind for me where they were down, they were down, they were down, but, you know, King Henry in the fourth quarter turns on the Jets, and the defense is tired, and suddenly they're in overtime, and they've got a shot. So I want to hand it to Vrabel. I also think um, at the end of that Chiefs game, I believe it was he managed the clock super well, which is something that uh, the Buffalo game is what I'm thinking of. Against Buffalo, he managed the clock really well, and that's what won them the game. Um, but going back to my original point kind of about Buffalo and all this stuff is against the Jets, they lost, which is a head-scratching wash for the Titans. But then they went Jacksonville, Buffalo, Kansas City. Now, those aren't the bottom three defenses in the league, but they're definitely bottom half. So now they're coming back to the Colts, who, in my mind, have drastically improved since the first time they met. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a fun little game there. That's definitely the one o'clock game that I'm going to be watching. Uh, Agreed. Same. I I do think that the main thing for the Titans is that, uh, their Bud Dupree is questionable, and if he can't go, that defense is is very very different. Uh, I think he still is going to play. Um, but he uh, he is questionable. And then the other thing about the Buffalo game is I think two of their corners got hurt, so they're they're basically starting like quasi practice squad guys. So just be on the lookout for that. There's not a lot of talent on the Colts side to really come after that. Like even if the Colts really were like we want to attack that, I don't think they could. Um, but but it is something to note. Um, gosh, it just. I, I, I like the Colts. I don't know why I like the Colts. I think I like Frank Reich as a coach, and I just remember the comeback he led in Buffalo when Jim Kelly went down. But um, I don't know, man. I kind of like the Colts. They're like my sneaky, like the AFC South is a crapshoot anyway. Might, might as well pick them. Uh, it's also in Indianapolis. Yeah, and it's in a dome. Um, which, right. Uh, yeah, it's just different. I don't know. I That'll be a fun game, though. I think just to look at the – what does Vegas have it favored as? They've got Indianapolis as a one-point favorite at home, which means on a neutral field that they think the Titans is two-point better. I think that's probably correct. There's not um, – like, I wouldn't bet that game because it's just I, – I, I can see it going either way very easily, but I do like yeah. both those teams. Um I, I do want to kick it over into what, in my view, has become the best division in football right now, which is the AFC North. Um, you know, Steelers are the cellar dwellers there, and they're 3-3. Three and three. But what do you all think of that Steelers-Browns matchup? I, uh, I don't hate the Steelers in this game, regardless of Baker's status. Uh, like, I... I think I wrote about it, um, or maybe I like tweeted it or something. I think Jarvis Landry is a huge, uh, like getting him back is huge for the Browns. Um, cause if you need five yards, he's going to get you five yards. And if you put the ball in his vicinity, he's going to catch it. Um, but I mean, the questions at quarterback, Chubb's not a hundred percent. They don't have, um, Kareem hunt. 
I, I don't know, and I think the Steelers have been marginally better. I really like Najee Harris. Um, it's in Cleveland, which hurts, but I low-key kind of like the Steelers here. What about you guys? I mean, I think it kind of depends. Like, yeah, I mean, having Jarvis back is huge. I I love Jarvis, especially because, like, I got to see him play at Miami even when we were bad. Like, he's he is the playmaker. Well, he's like, from LSU. I know, but we he played for the Dolphins. Dolphins, Dolphins. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you were talking <laughs> Miami. Like the no, no, like, no. He hey, played. <laughs> he did not play there. He played for the Dolphins before we <laughs> before we traded him to the Browns. And I mean, he is he's a playmaker. Watching him go up for balls is is impressive. I mean, he's a he is a great wide receiver. Um, having Baker back, if they can get Baker back, he said it's it's very possible that he can play Sunday. Now, will he play Sunday? I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's more of a figure it out Saturday or, you know, Sunday before the game when he, if he decides to warm up. But I mean, I feel like having him back could be a little bit of a, a little bit of a factor there, especially like you said, they're playing at home. So, I mean, definitely not going to count them out, but do think that, you know, if Big Ben can play like he can play, um, I think the Steelers should probably win that game. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I don't know if I can fully get behind the Big Ben offense. Yeah. Totally fair. Just, just doesn't inspire a lot of hope for me. Like, they beat the I'd Broncos and the Seahawks. But other than that, they've been shelled all season. Was yes. Russ out when they beat the Seahawks? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Out? That was that yeah. was uh, that was he went out what midway through the second. Yeah, was when he went out. Um, and it and they went to overtime, which like as we saw uh, this Monday, the Seahawks are not very good. Rust. I don't think Russ played because didn't Russ hurt his hand on on Aaron Donald's helmet? So I I think Russ didn't even play any. Oh yeah, no, Russ didn't even play. My bad. He got hurt the game before. Yeah, Geno Smith had thirty two pass attempts. My God. It, I I also like these division. This is maybe one of my favorite divisions to watch in football, regardless of how good these teams are, because it feels like kind of like the NFC East, where the games are usually pretty competitive, um, mm-hmm. minus maybe the Bengals in the last couple of years. But um, and like in Cleveland, late October, two run heavy offenses. Uh, so I mean, we'll see. I, I agree with you guys. Um, I think I lean Steelers, and maybe maybe Steelers with points or whatever, just because they're in Cleveland. But um, and I won't, I'm I'm probably not going to bet this game at all. But we'll see. First of all, uh, lean the but, under. Lean the under. If you will bet. Right, right, right. Um, but it just it feels like uh, it feels like it's more of a Browns don't inspire confidence in me than the Steelers do. If that makes sense. Yeah. I I think that the looming question that both these teams have is what's your quarterback situation two years from now? Like, if you're the Browns, nothing what I've seen this year makes me think, oh, we should re-sign Baker. And if you're the Steelers, like, you know Ben's on his way out. He's got to know he's on his way out. And credit to the Steelers organization. They're going to treat him the right way. They're not going to bench him. But he hasn't looked good he doesn't look good at all um and so the biggest question for both these teams is don't get sucked into a bad deal and like 
prime example, Case Keenum looked very, very Baker-esque. And you're paying him how much money? I know he is technically speaking like a top three, four, five backup in the league, but like he looks very Baker-esque. So I, I just there's not a lot that I'm seriously in love with on either team. Like they're both going to line it up. You're going to put down two tight ends and a fullback, and they're going to try and ram it down your throat because that's realistically what they can do now. Um, I do think the point about Jarvis is correct. Like he, whether or not he's the best receiver on that team, he is the heart and soul of that team. Um, I right. still remember in Hard Knocks when he's up there and he's like, "That's some bitch shit," talking about like people being hurt and like not injured. Um, but yeah. yeah, Browns are at home, but the Steelers are bad. And I mean, the thing is, is that both their defenses are very good. I know the Browns haven't really like gelled yet as a unit, um, but realistically they're still like on paper they're still a very good team and they they actually besides malcolm smith that's the only guy on their defense that's really injured um biggest thing for me there is going to be weather like how how bad the wind is and how how crappy the weather gets because that's what decides a lot of games in cleveland i I, y'all remember the monsoon game from last year so um but it's awesome that all these stadiums in, in this division are outdoors and they all just get shelled for the second half of the season regardless <laughs> yeah. of where it is. I just Yeah, and, and that's why all their and, – and here's the other thing about Baker, which doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. He's not a big, tough, sturdy quarterback. Like, hits hurt more in the winter. I know that's, like, not some proven fact, but, like, when you get a face mask in the ribs in December, it hurts way more than it did in July. Um and he's not like that's why his big Ben been so great for the Steelers. Well, it's just availability. Like he's been available for so long, and he's built like a freaking offensive guard. Like he shows up. And he can up. play hurt. Yeah, and and like being good in that division has always been how good is your defense and how good is your running back. And the Ravens kind of flipped it on their head by saying that their running back now plays quarterback. That's not a that's not a bash on Lamar Jackson. That's simply stating that he can give you. 100 yards on 15 carries like an actual running back like he's just that good um he has all he's obviously a tremendous throw of the football but like all the teams in that division good defense good offensive line good running game i think if you ranked all all four teams in that division the steelers would come in last in all three of those categories like they've got i like Najee. i love Najee, but their offensive line is dog crap totally right totally right like, Najee's the type Nani's of guy with them to get back. 30 carries and have 90 yards. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I like him, like, as a running back in that division, just, like, he'll pound the football, you know? And, and I get that yeah. the offensive line terrible, and that, that hurts it a lot. But, like, just, like, looking forward for that Steelers team, I think I like that situation for them. My other thing is that, like, it, the new NFL is slowly kind of leaking into the division. Um because Joe Burrow looks real good. Um, and that's not me, like, overreacting. I've always been high on Joe Burrow. Like, I, I, some people compared him to, like, Colin Ka- – or, or not Colin Coward. Colin Coward compared him to, like, Tony Romo. People were like, oh, he had one good year in college. Um, he, to me, was always much more in, like, the, like, little bit better than Joe Flacco zone, like kind of like the Kurt Warner type thing, where I think he orchestrates an offense really well. Um, but yeah, I just, and, and that's the problem is right. The Bengals, 
the Bengals defense has no names, but they put up really good statistical games and they get a lot of turnovers. Um, the Steelers have all these names, yet they really like. If I told you the Steelers, if I if I said Jack, guess how many yards the Steelers give up a game? You would say. Oh, uh, two fifty. Three seventy. I would have said three fifty. Three, uh, yeah, well, my gut was my gut was going to say three fifty, but I wanted to go low because the Steelers they, and they always have a defense, right? Yeah, right. And that's the surprising thing is they give up two sixty in the air, and and they've played Geno Smith, Teddy Bridgewater, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, and Derek Carr. Like their averages shouldn't be that inflated. Put in perspective, the Browns give up three sixteen. So, like, I know I know there's this thing about, like, oh, you know, there's T.J. Watt and this great Steelers defense. And to their credit, their front seven is very, very good. However, their offense is so bad and their secondary is so bad that I think there's a lot to be said for the Steelers are not nearly as good, like, as four years ago, the Steelers. They're just not – it's not the same team at all. Um, 250 was really low. I wanted to go low because I uh... – because it's like the Steelers and they have the reputation of being good, which I think is, which I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, like it's, make a Fitzpatrick, like they're supposed to be this electrifying defense that can shut you down in this awful weather and just town you all game. But they're not that this year. No. And it's kind of like, uh, for me, I think the best way to say it is like, you know how we think of uh, the Flyers as like this tough defensive team and they're just not anymore. Like it's kind of, to me, that's how I'm going to view the Steelers. Like, yes, when they had the steel curtain, they had me, Joe Green. Like, yes, that is one of the greatest defense. I mean, they had a guy on their team named Senor Sack, which is just an awesome nickname. Uh, but, like, in reality, when I look at them now, like, they're old. Their scheme is probably a little bit old. And, like, there's just not anything to to really write home about except for T.J. Watt, which I like. Yes, we should write home about T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt is a top five defense player in the league, I think. But uh, there's or top ten at least. But there's just not anything right now. Like you can easily scheme away one player. It's not that difficult. Uh, agreed. Um, um, do we want to kick it over to the Bengals Jets for just a second? Because we've co- kind of covered the Bengals. I mean, Burrow's uh, been. Really good. Jamar Chase has been the best rookie receiver in the history of the game through seven weeks or wherever we are. Like, that's nuts. Um, And, boy, are the Jets bad. (laughs) Oh, man. And they (laughs) don't even have Zach Wilson. And they just traded for Joe Flacco. (laughs) Oh, baby. Super Bowl Bowl MVP Joe Flacco, sir. Is he elite? I think, um, I think the Jets yeah. beat the Dolphins. I'll just throw that out there in the world. You're wrong. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing about this Jets roster that's good. Like, I, like there is nothing about this Jets roster that's good. You know, their team leading rusher is M. Carter. I don't even know his first name. Michael Carter. Like he's. I, a fourth round pick out of North Carolina. Like uh, there's just nothing on this team. They do have, 
they do have uh, Corey Davis, who like is not awful, but there's just nothing on this. Just the defense is bad. I have no idea. I think when we sit back on the season and we we just think about football, we are going to look back on the Jets beating the Titans and think, what the heck happened in that game? Because there's no reason on paper that that should have happened at all. Yeah. I agree. Uh, the one thing I'll say about the Jets side, you kind of uh, the other thing I like about the Jets is Robert Sala, I think, or however you pronounce his last name. I, I think, I mean, he was the Niners. No. Defensive coordinator. Yep. Yeah, Niners defensive coordinator um, up until this year, right? And, I mean, he, it feels like, in terms of like program fixers, like he he could be the guy to do it. They just don't have any pieces other than like you're saying, like Corey Davis and you know Zach Wilson's a rookie. You know they're gotta give him a chance, but um, Dude, yeah, he was an awful pick when they picked him. Like I remember talking with some of my football friends about him and just being like, "What the heck? Like, what do you even see in this guy? Like he played nobody. He played Washington as realistically as only." good competition and they got shelled like i i just don't there's nothing that i loved about zach wilson and i know people get hooked on arm talent and all this and all that but like you're the jets like it doesn't matter if you have arm talent on the jets like you're bad and so i just don't i don't even the zach wilson crate was head scratching when it happened i mean do you take fields there lance there like I mean, poor Justin Fields has to play for the Bears. Like, it, it sucks because they're all – all these rookies are in terrible situations except for Trey Lance. And, I mean, even Trey Lance is not in a great situation other than the fact that he gets to have Kyle Shanahan as his coach. But I think – I think there are multiple ways to go about that situation. You either go and draft the most polished QB, which would have been Mac Jones, or you go and draft the QB with the highest ceiling, which would have been Trey Lance. Or – you go and draft the best playmaker, which would have been Justin Fields. Notice how I didn't say Zach Wilson's name at all. Like, he's not mm. – he's probably second in two of those categories. But, like – like Maybe top in arm talent? I guess. But even then, if you wanted arm talent, you like Trevor Lawrence, which I, I know there's no way not the Jags would have trade out of that pick. But, like, right. there's just nothing I loved about – Zach Wilson, there's still nothing I love about him. There's a reason he leaves the league in picks. And it's not like, you know, Trevor Lawrence threw a lot of picks early and he's gradually weaned down as he becomes more and more in tune with the offense. And you want to, like, Trevor Lawrence would kill to have Corey Davis. Would kill to have Corey Davis. Like, he doesn't have anybody except for James Robinson. And so... Yeah. Who's really good. James Robinson's a really good running back. Yeah. And I think that the the Jags are going to make a crap ton in the open market for him because they're just going to be like, hey, we have a great running back. We have ETN now. Like, what picks are you going to give us? And there's going to be teams, you know, like the Panthers in case Christian goes down, like, uh, you know, the 49ers. How about the Chargers, dude? The Chargers. Yeah, I don't even like that. That would be – um, no, I know. I'm like, but that, like, that would be cool. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. All right, um, we want to kick it to where are we going? Uh, we'll just say like one sentence about the Niners Bears. 
I, there's just, it's don't watch that game. I mean, my God. Yeah. It's, the fact Hashtag that San Francisco is, yeah, Matt Nagy is awful. Shanahan looked, the last game was the first time I've ever looked at Kyle Shanahan and been like, I, I have wanted more of you out of, as a coach in this game. Like, I wanted more of him as a coach out when he played the Colts. And that's literally just because he had this first drive, which was awesome. And I was like, that's Kyle Shanahan. He gets the most out of crap. And then there was 40 minutes in between where it was garbage. And then they kind of came alive late again. But at that point, it was too late. I just didn't, you know. I mean, The first then, drive looked like the Niners that went to the Super Bowl in terms of it was – a running back, Eli Mitchell, who, like, relatively no-name running back compared to a lot of the guys in the league. But it didn't matter because they were just running it down uh, the Colts' throat and, like, 10 yards on a play that other coaches probably get two or three yards out of. And it really looked good. And I was like, ooh, the Niners, are they back? And then you're right. It just, I don't really know. I don't know what happened. And I... I, I, I would be, I would be lying if I said I knew what happened. But you know, that, it, realistically, I think it's just easy to say like that team really misses George Kittle. Like, that's a do it all time. He's probably the most complete tight end in the game, not named Gronkowski, um, which Gronk is old now. But like George Kittle can block, he can catch, he can run after catch. I, like you can one on one George Kittle with an actual defensive end, which you can't say about most tight ends. Um, and I think they really miss him, but my God, Matt Nagy is awful. Justin Fields is got defiled against the Bucks. Like, I, not a lot to love there. Um, another quick hitter: Rams Texans. Rams will destroy them. Yeah, the but Rams are really good. The Texans aren't. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot else to say. There, it is worth noting that the Rams team was very, very pissed about them trading Mark Ingram today. Um, for what the it Texans? Played. Yes, sorry, yes, the Texans were really No, no, you're good. Um, really? I did not know that. I think it was because he had become like a, you know, a nice veteran leader in the locker room. And then the yeah. Texans were like, oh, we can get it. I think it was, what, a six-round pick or whatever. And they are like, we can get value for him, trade him. Um, which I think goes back to J.J. Watt when the Cardinals played the Texans last week. And they were just like, no one that we knew in this organization is here anymore. Like, it's not a homecoming. Like, yes, I played for the Texans, but I worked for completely different people. Right. Um, Pat's Chargers? Uh, yeah, I think we missed uh, Eagles-Lions in the 1 o'clock slates. We, I mean, that's... Oh, Eagles-Lions. Oh, That's not garbage. dumpster fire. Dumpster fire all around. Listen, only thing I, I know that I'm beating the drum, I guess the most of, of the four of us. But oh, yeah, you're I, a Matt I Campbell like Dan, guy, aren't you? You're a Matt Dan Campbell, Campbell guy. Yes. Dan Campbell. That's what it is. Dan Campbell. I am. I am. I, really, like, listen, this guy goes out last weekend against one of the best coaches in the league and one against one of the best rosters in the league. And does whatever he can to put his team in the best position to win with Jared Goff under center. And listen, they held it. They held it. It was a game. For a lot of that game, it was a game. And, like, yes, the Rams were always going to win that game because it's the Rams. And they're a lot better as a team. But, I mean, he went head-to-head. In terms of, like, pure coaching in that game, he went head-to-head with Sean McVay. And I think he can 
hold his head high and proud. I really do. I, I like oh, him. Dude, I think I think it's I don't think he's a bad coach. I think his secondary is awful and there was nothing he there you can't coach your way out of a personnel issue. And there was no way he was gonna coach himself out of this issue. Um, right. That's not what I'm saying. Like like personnel wise he he's screwed. He doesn't have the team to to give him the wins, but I think I guess my point is like I, I think that he is doing everything that like I think he's doing the best he possibly could be doing with that roster. I really dude, I might take for him because I I might too. I dude, the Eagles like the reason that Jalen Hurts is a good fantasy quarterback is because of what he does in the fourth quarter when they're already out of the game. I watch a lot of Eagles games because I have to watch the NFC East play. It's awful. But the Eagles are just not a very good football team, and I think that Sirianni is going to get way out coached in this game, and that could be um, a big difference here. Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift could have massive games. So I, I think it's worth noting. Maybe I'll go pick up Jared Goff on the waiver wire. Uh, ooh. Ooh. But Going yeah, for that um, sexy pick. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, don't remind me. But, yeah, that, I agree. And no Miles Sanders. Yeah, that is true. Um, the, the Eagles, are, I think, are a little bit more injured, especially in the lines, than people realize. So, um, yeah, uh, why not? We'll roll with Dan Cameron. I'll roll with him. I'll roll with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I, guess I, guess that's, I guess that's the hill I've chosen to die on this year, boys. So, there we go. <laughs> that's a fun one. It's a fun one. Dude, honestly, it's, it's a fun one. It's a fun one. hill. It is. Um, all right, Pass sorry, Chargers. Patriots Chargers. Who you got? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Uh, Chargers. Yeah, I was going to say I like the Chargers here, too. Chargers, but Patriots cover. I was going to say, spread? I think it's a field goal. It's five. It's five, yeah. I think it's a field goal game. Um, now, if Dietrich Wise can't play, my prediction changes. The Pats because also don't have Devin McCourty, probably. Yeah. Or Van Noy, I think. They're, the Pats are a little hurt. Um, yeah, they're hurt. But the Chargers, to me, got exposed a little bit in Baltimore, where, you know, if, and it's a big if, but if you can make Justin Herbert throw the ball 40 times a game, he's not nearly as effective. Um, and Baltimore got out early and they got out often. Um, do the Patriots have the personnel to do that? Probably not, but the Ravens defense made one of the best young quarterbacks in the league have a 16.5 QBR. Um, so just know that. Um, I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, I kind of like the Pats, and I know that's not a hot, not <laughs> it's a hot take, but there's there's a lot about this Pats team that I think is a little bit underrated. Um, no, they're not the Patriots of old. They're not going to hold you to 250 yards of offense and you know beat you by not making mistakes. But they, Mac Jones has quietly been throwing for about 280 yards a game. Um, uh, he's not great, but he is the best quarterback of the draft class right now, probably because he's older than guys that have been in the league for two years, aka Sam Darnold. Like he, I, you know, they're, he could they're be. actually. Good super close in age. Like he's, he, he could have been a three year NFL vet at this point in his career, um, which he looks like it. He does look like it. 
Um, the question for me is if the Pats can run the ball. Now, that's kind of where the Chargers have gotten exposed. Their defensive line is not great. Neither are the linebackers. Um, but, you know, if Damian Harris and whatever smorgasbord of running backs that Bill Belichick's going to throw at you can, can effectively run the ball against the Chargers, like, you've got – like, the Chargers give up 160 yards on the ground a game. Yeah, that's brutal. I mean, lot. they give up 380 right. yards yeah. every game. Which – but, like, you know, part of that is last game, which yeah, – that was brutal. You know, Lamar and company – if, if you let him get in your business, they're going to get in your business. Yeah. Lamar only threw for 167 yards, but they as a team rushed for 187. So I think there is the ability for this Chargers team because, which is weird because Brandon Staley's a defensive coach and I wouldn't have expected that out of him. Um, but, you know, if, if, if the Bats can get the running game going, I think there's a shot. I think there's a big shot. Problem is that the Chargers are also at home. But it's not like they actually no, have but it's a not, presence. Right. There could be more Patriots fans in that building than Chargers fans. This is essentially – this could be played in New England. Might as well be other than the weather. Yeah. That – slight tangent. That move has got to go down as one of the dumbest in NFL history. Like, the San Diego loved the Chargers. And yeah. There was just no reason for them to leave. But, Especially uh, after yeah. the Rams had already done it. I know I'm. De- I'm gonna think. I think it's the Patriots. I know that's a bold take, but like I think the Patriots can get it done. Um, Here's another interesting thing, and and maybe more in the line of you know the the Pats could get it done. Is I know that the transitive property obviously isn't working football, but the Ravens, I mean, killed the Chargers, and then the Bengals worked the Ravens, and I mean, uh, Justin Herbert has Mike Williams and Keenan Allen to work with, and. You know, that's not, you know, Jamar Chase is amazing, but the fact that Burrow and Jamar Chase could get it done and Herbert couldn't get it done against the same secondary with uh, Mike Allen or Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, I don't know. It's, it is, it's a it little is bit of an indictment on Herbert. That's what I'm saying. And I, and I think that people saying, oh, why did, didn't Herbert go first overall that year? I'm like, I hold up. Like, Burrow's yeah. looking like he, he was taken in the correct spot, you know? Yeah, and I, I, I've never been on the train. I think Burrow was – I think when you are the quarterback who leads the most prolific offense in the history of college football, you've earned the right to go number one, especially when, you know, the offense was done through you. Like, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a great running back, but re- that that team won close games by throwing. So I think Herbert worked himself into number one. I do think there are, like, serious questions about Herbert in the sense of he – He's a great quarterback on paper, but sometimes the practical output on the field doesn't really align with what you expect of him. Um, now, there have been quarterbacks in the NFL where that has worked swimmingly for Cam Newton being a prime example. Like, you just, there are sometimes when quarterbacks, like on paper, you're like, this guy's going to have a killer game when he lays an egg. Um, it happens. Ben Roethlisberger's another guy like that. So, it, like, those guys have won Super Bowls. This isn't, like, some horrible indictment on him, but, like, his story is not written. It's like the people that anointed Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback of all time, when, when he played in his third year. Like, it's just not, you know, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of career. There's a lot of games in front of these guys. There's a lot of snaps in front of these guys. Um, 
That was me with Patrick Mahomes, by the way. No, not at you. I, there's just all these people. Like, the people that are like, oh, is the Chiefs dynasty over? They never had a dynasty. Like, what do you mean? Tom Brady beat him with a practice squad team in the AFC Championship, and then he worked him in the Super Bowl when he got a real team. Yes, they went and beat the, the, the Niners, but the Niners had one of the greatest Super Bowl collapses of all time. The, the Niners, uh, they, they have been in eight quarters of Super Bowl, and they've won one quarter in the Super Bowl. And it just so happens that Patrick Mahomes has always been able to pull it out of his butt at the end of games, and they win. But I wrote about it in the season preview. You know what I wrote about the Chiefs? I said, I said, my main gripe with this team has been that their defense has basically just been let Tyron Matthew run around in the middle of the field, which works when Mahomes can score more than everybody else. But it gets dicey when an opposing QB can slice and dice you. See the Super Bowl. Turnovers could also be an issue. I mean, like, come on. Like, this, like it's so easy to see with this team. If they don't average six and a half points per drive, they're going to lose football games. Like they, they're they're not very good on half the ball, and part of that is because Patrick Mahomes takes up something like twenty eight percent of the salary cap. Like, how can you? The reason why Tom Brady has been good his whole career is mostly based off the fact that the Patriots and the Bucks have always been able to afford other people. They've always been able to afford other people, and I know it's fun to make sense of like, oh, it's because Giselle makes so much more money than him. Like, yes, oh yes, but like also. He doesn't put his teammates in positions to lose. Like, you have to pay guys like Shaq Barrett. You have to pay guys like Randy Moss. You've got to pay guys like Gronk. Like, and right now the Chiefs are Patrick Mahomes against a reconfigured offensive line with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and a defense that gives up more yards. They give up like 7.6 yards per play. Like, you're not going to win any football games unless you score a touchdown every time as an offense like that. And and it just is mystifying to me that we've anointed this. And I get what he is, but, like, he did this in college, too. The same thing with Baker. Baker did exactly what he's doing right now in college. Like, there's a lot to view from just college tape. And, and my gosh, I I saw that today, and they were like, they're, the other day, is the Chiefs dynasty over? They never had a dynasty. They went to two Super Bowls. That's not a dynasty. The Eagles did that. <laughs> the Broncos did that. The, the the Seahawks did that. That doesn't make you a dynasty. It just makes you a good team for two years. So frustrating. Yeah. No, listen, I I agree, and I you know it's you can't it's you can't win this sport with one player. And did the Bears right. have a dynasty with Jim McMahon? No, they didn't. They might have had the most dominant team ever defensively in '85. They don't have a dynasty. There's no dynasty there. Come on, man. It's just ridiculous. Like, people just overuse these words because they love Patrick Mahomes. And now Patrick Mahomes has been figured out. Like, I – and it's not – I don't enjoy saying that, but if you play a soft cover three and you take away the big play from them, they suck. They're awful. That's all the Titans did, and the Titans don't have a great de- – there's nothing to write home about on the Titans defense. And it, 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 I- and that's that's it that's that's the story i agree man um so i just one last thing on the patriots charges and i know i keep talking about coaches and stuff um but i still do like the charges i think it'll be really interesting to see how brandon staley coaches against bill belichick um yeah just based on you know brandon staley's one of those up-and-coming young coaches in the league and belichick's obviously belichick so 
We'll see. I think that'll be interesting. Um, but I, I completely agree with what you're saying about the Chiefs. Um, and it's been kind of weird to watch. I, I know that this is the Monday night game, but I, you know, they should beat the Giants. And if they don't, then I think you press the panic button in Kansas City. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be upsetting, especially if the Giants don't have any of their weapons on offense other than Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, baby. Um, yeah, the rest of the games in the afternoon are pretty bad. Uh, sorry, Jack. But no, you're, you're right. I I do think that, I do think this is one they can that that Washington can win, and I I don't think they will. I think they can. I I think um, Washington the, is a smart play there. There's there's a lot to like about them, and and you know it's kind of like in in a roundabout way, it's kind of battle of the Rogers destinations for the coming year. Like, is he going to go to Washington? Is he going to go to uh, Denver? You know, people are talking about all this stuff. I think that's why Carolina is not going to make a move until the offseason because on the off chance that Aaron Rodgers anoints you is where he wants to go, like Aaron Rodgers could very seriously want to go work with Joe Brady. He could very seriously want to go work with an owner that's going to shell out a billion dollars to make the team better. So I think there's a lot on the table here, but I, I do think these are two very likely destinations for him, and you're going to see it on Sunday because both of them desperately need any sort of quarterback help at all. Um, One interjection yeah. there. The Joe Brady comment. Apparently, LSU wants him as their next head coach. Yeah, I saw that. I think Dave Aranda is the better pick of the two of them, just because you don't know how Brady's going to recruit. Um, but even if he goes, um, you still got to like the Panthers. Like Matt Rule's going to have a good offense. He almost always has a good offense. So, um, but yeah, it, I like Joe Brady, but I, I don't know if I'd give him the keys to LSU yet. Like that's that's not your average. That's a that is a team that won the national championship two years ago and fired their coach the other day. So like, <laughs> you know, it took Texas twelve years to fire Mac Brown. So you know, like in the grand scheme of the college diaspora of sports, like LSU wants results very quickly, and I don't know if Brady's the guy to give it to him, but he might be. Um, Buck Saints, Bucks a roll. My God, the Saints offense looks. Hapless. Um, Cowboys Vikings, I think it's going to be a sneaky great game. Um, I think that's going to be an awesome game. And, I think it's the highest over under. Yeah, it's at so, 55. 55's a lot of points. Um, Kirk, it, Kirk knows the Cowboys, and it's in Minnesota. Dude, and the Cowboys, to me, like, people aren't talking about this Cowboys team enough in the sense that they have the opportunity to have. 2,000-yard rushers, and 2,000-yard receivers. That's never been done before. Like, the offense that Dak Prescott is commanding at this moment is the most potent in terms of yardage in the history of the league. Like, he is eviscerating defenses. And I know it's not a sexy pick because the Cowboys are always overrated and Mike McCarthy's an idiot, and I agree with all that. However, with the on-field production, they are fantastic to watch. Like they're And their offensive line, which has been very hurt in recent years. They finally have some depth, and they look great. They, I mean, they are – Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott are not getting touched until they're three, four yards down the field. Um, and I, I agree. This Cowboys team looks re- – like, they look for real. And it's the yeah. Cowboys, so I'm sure they'll crash and burn at some point, but they look for real. And let's – they're five and one. They could have easily been three and three because Mike McCarthy could have put them out of games. Like that, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with. 
like uh, I think it was was who did they play early? The Rams, right? They beat the Rams, or no, they beat the Chargers, and he just completely coached them out of a field goal position. And Greg the leg booted one in, which had no business going in. But um, the Cowboys are, I think, a fantastic offensive team. Dan Quinn has really done that defense a lot of favors. And I think you got to look at it one way, and that's Kirk Cousins in prime time um, likes to throw the ball to the other team. And the Cowboys are very, very good at taking the ball away from other people, whether it's Michael Parsons, whether it's Trayvon Diggs. Um, I like it. I, it's going to be a fun game, no matter how it goes. Um, it's also Minnesota's fun. It's fun to watch games in Minnesota in prime time because those fans are awesome. Like mm-hmm. I, I, that'll it, it, it'll just be like a great atmosphere. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. The Minnesota fans are great. Um, Cowboys fans travel, and it's indoors, so you know that there's no weather issues. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be a track meet, and uh, like. It's Justin Jefferson versus C.D. Lamb versus Mari Cooper versus Dalvin Cook versus Zeke Elliott. I mean, like, there are some high-profile names here. Yeah, I, like, th- these are people who are up to be, like, all pros at their position. There's probably seven or eight of them playing in this game just on offense. So, yeah. um, Dak, certainly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dak, I, I think as it stands, Dak will be comeback early in the year. I'm not sure it will be very close. Um, uh, yeah, Burrow. But, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, that's true. I think I think it's well, gonna actually, be one of the if, two of them. If that's how it happens, then Burrow will win comeback player of the year and Dak will win MVP. So um right. you kind of you know, however you want to touch it. But uh and then last one, Giants Chiefs. We touched on it. <laughs> the Chiefs don't I just can't believe that Vegas has Kansas City has a ten point favorite at all. <laughs> I was thinking that as well. Well, it's that the Chiefs don't have to really stop anybody on defense, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. this is yeah, Mahomes so, can outpace the Giants. I don't know. Right? Dan- Daniel Jones showed that he's got hands. No, no, it's it's nothing against <laughs> the one hand well, catch was unbelievable. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's true, and it's honestly nothing against him. It's just that, like, who the hell is he throwing the ball to? I really just don't know. Like, they don't have every single person in that offense is hurt. It's nuts. Dude, if I told you at the start of the season that in week eight, when the Giants and Chiefs met, that Patrick Mahomes would have more than double the amount of interceptions that Daniel Jones has, you would have bet all your money on that. Like, and I, and I think I am high on Daniel for a couple of reasons. I think he throws a fantastic deep ball. I don't think anyone on his team can catch it. But I think he throws a fantastic deep ball. And he's just the epitome of literally single-handedly a do-it-yourself offense. Like he 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 is he's the team's leading rusher on a team with Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones has the most rushing yards. He's accounted for yeah. seven touchdowns. He's really fast. Like he's, he's, a, fast. he's really fast. And no one like no one wants to talk about it. But like I mean, he runs train all over my team every twice every year. So, <laughs> dude, it's it's it's. He got caught with the fact that he's a meme when he fell over on the long run, and then when he would just have those blow up games early. Um, but I actually don't think he's very very bad, and I think that like if there was a spot for the Chiefs to have like a surprise, this team is actually keeping up with us. It's the Giants, like. 
you know, everyone kind of keeps up with the Chiefs. But, like, with the Titans and Derrick Henry, you can kind of excuse away. But if the Giants keep up with the Chiefs, like, that is DEFCON 5 in, in Kansas City. Like, it, there's got to be a massive issue. And, and I think there already is a massive issue, so I'm just kind of harping on it. But, um, you know. This would this would force the issue to the surface, like, with no way to deny that there is one, right? Yeah, I mean, like, look, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and the game with the Giants goes 30 to 35, you have some soul searching to do afterward. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of injuries. Like, Galladay, Tony, Barkley, Shepard, Ingram are all questionable. Um, right, that's the problem. The entirety of the offensive production is questionable besides Daniel Jones. So, um, right. That line's probably set with some sort of injury in there, but... You know, Mahomes is questionable, and so is uh, Anthony Hitchens. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, sweet. Thank you, guys. And uh, be sure to check out the No Ups podcast. We'll be back next week.